0: Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence. Self-confident. Unconstrained. Good evening. My name is Joe Armstrong. Welcome to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, we are very happy to welcome Annie Chelsea. Geography can be a strange thing for a musician. Artists sometimes play the same hometown venues repeatedly, trying to build a following, but draw far bigger crowds in faraway towns when they're on the road. And some artists find that American audiences simply may not get them at all. In 2006, Paste Magazine included singer-songwriter Josh Ritter in its list of 100 Greatest Living Songwriters. But not long before, Ritter had lived in several states and played numerous open mic nights in relative obscurity until a short tour in Ireland found him selling out his records and his shows. With a growing loyal fan base overseas, Ritter was then able to parlay that into bigger success in America. Songwriter Annie Chelsea lives in Los Angeles, but, like Ritter, her frequent trips to Europe have earned her a strong international fan base. Sure, she still plays here in the States, but she has built up a solid network of fans, musicians, and promoters halfway around the globe that brings her four albums worth of incisive and catchy songs to a much wider audience. And the miles and hard work have paid off. Over four albums, Chelsea has been compared to Amy Mann, Lucinda Williams, Suzanne Vega, and others. She has played festivals like South by Southwest and International Pop Overthrow and been nominated for an L.A. Weekly Music Award. Her most recent album, January, was released in 2013, and it is full of the kind of observant songs her fans have come to expect. And she already has her tickets to Europe. Welcome to Independence Day, Annie Chelsea.
1: Hi, Joe. Hi, Annie.
0: It's nice to have you in my, in my studio. I was going to say my house, but it's both, I guess. <laughs>
1: It's a beautiful studio. I especially love the balcony.
0: Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's, it's all about DIY, and to do DIY, you got to do it in your house sometimes. And you've got uh, you've got a wingman with you today. Who is this? This
1: is my guitar buddy, Skip Heller.
2: Say hello, of, Skip. Uh, Hi there. It's great uh, to be here. It's the balcony is lovely.
0: Yeah, and we've got uh, we've got our mascot Sally here, keeping making sure she's like the bouncer.
1: I love her outfit. Yeah,
0: well, she's naked today because this little jingly thing makes racket when I'm doing this kind of thing. But I'm all about the DIY. In any case, so are you. You're essentially you've been kind of an independent artist pretty much all the way along in your yes. career. You've got four records on your own label. Is this, is this your own label? The uh, how do you pronounce this? Was, Ragazza. Regatta music. I, I didn't yeah. want to screw up the T. I thought there might be a, a T in there. Um, so I, what is independence means different things to different people. Um, you know, what does it mean to you being an independent artist?
1: A lot of work. It means a lot of work. Um, but, uh, but also, uh, you know, freedom. Um, if I make, if I sell a CD, that's my $10. Yeah. It doesn't go to anybody else. And, uh, also, um, there's a lot of things that you have to do as an artist that if you are expecting someone else to do them, um, like a manager or a booker yeah. or uh, someone like that, they might not get done and you might wait a long time. I, I, I've wa- sort of wished that I had someone helping me, but I, I'd also know that if I get up in the morning and do something, you know, there'll be a result. Yeah,
0: so, some people have the constitution, I think, or a better constitution that's more suited to being an independent artist, and some people don't. And it's kind of been foisted upon us now that so many of us are independent. And whether you like it or not, you don't really have a choice. Like if you're going to do it, it's going to have to be you that does it. You know, before in the old model, it seems like everybody was trying to get the attention of an A&R person. And then get an advance of some kind. And then kind of get into the the scheme. You know, kind of work your way up from the from the belly of the beast up through the top, hopefully. Um, but now, you know, technology has empowered us that we can all do these things all on our own. But you were doing this before even technology you know, facilitated this to this extent.
1: Right. Back when there was, um, stamps and postcards. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you, you are not, uh, you know, you're not a stranger to the giant mailing, which I know people still do the giant mailing now, but it's different because now you've reverb nation, you know, when you want to get a show, you know, a lot of artists or a lot of venue owners or bookers don't want to see anything physical. Right. It's just junk. It's just more junk mail.
1: The last time I did a giant mailing, I think, uh, I had my son and his two friends sit down in the front room, and we just took a bunch of envelopes and stuffed them and yeah. little bribe assembly them, line uh, <laughs>
0: bribe them within an out burger. <laughs> hey, help me put this mailer together for twenty bucks. There's your labor force. Pokemon right there. cards.
1: I think that was the bribe.
0: Pokemon cards, <laughs> and it's I don't know. It's just changed so much. Like, tell me, you know. I, as you've gone through like your first record came out looks like 96 right she walks in was that the record?
1: well yeah the record yes she walks in
0: and you know but then there was kind of a break and then then you've been out of cycle like every i don't know every 5 years or so you've done a record Right. You know, tell me, tell me how it's changed for you, like being independent way back in the Clinton administration and being okay, independent so now. the song
1: is Kaleidoscope. Uh, well, now there's a lot more opportunities, one. like you said. There's a lot more ways to get music out there. There's a lot more ways to contact people. There's there's a global reach that I think was really hard to get before. Um, when Annie yeah. came out, I mean, when Wouldn't She came out, um, I and I had a radio promoter working right on it. We and we and I was working it, at Warner Bros at the time, and I can't uh, get Every day, I'd go to Warner Brothers two hours early so that I could get on the phone, use their long-distance line, and call every radio station in the country that playing my record and say hi. You know, thanks for playing my record, and I got a lot of mileage out of that. But nowadays, I wouldn't have to do that, of
0: course. I think if I would have done it, I'd have Beautiful done it as a suit. Yes, this is Jonas Jameson calling from the AM record. Are you playing a new Joe Armstrong single?
3: Well that's, that's, a lot of that's cool uh, cool. I found that
1: people liked hearing from me. They were you know, it was you call a station in Montana or Louisiana Or someplace you you know, far, far, far away from California from And they're
3: like, what? The rest of us you're, just you're on you called me? You played your song yesterday? It's really cool. I love it. Thanks for calling I me. Mean, uh, I think that that, that approach Has sort of abandoned. carried over into uh, I this slip ad, away And I
1: think
4: it could be a leg up
1: had a of people Shining who were so brightly. Who were not Maybe that hands on, and
3: now
5: have to sort of catch up and figure out how to do it. Sharp, yeah, because that's the thing. This technology works both ways.
0: At, at the time, you know, at one on one hand, it's night and salt.
3: You've got a way
0: to reach everybody at any time. But you know, if I want to text you, like in the middle of the night, you know, what what's a text? To go back to the '90s. Oh, what's a text? Does it even mean you're going like, to text me? You're, like, oh, hey, you're going to me a message? You're me? Message. You're going to Facebook message me know These things exist. So. Like there's in one hand there's a way to contact but because there's so much information we're all inundated. You know, having that leg up
4: probably is suited you well.
1: Yeah, and and your information has to be good. It has to be worth looking at and listening to, and you know. 90% of
3: the stuff that comes
0: across my, my, we yeah, used to call it a grand song. Let's just get <laughs> the same transom. as this final track record, everything that drifted into your tracks. So uh, anyway, let's listen to something you've got on the record, it's relative to me, it just came out last year, was this earlier last year, mid last year, it's called January.
1: Right, I it came it out in the, once. yeah. You yeah, made it last year.
0: Okay, so it's, I, it's coming up on a okay. year old, which, when you're an independent <laughs> artist, I think the, the timeline for releasing companies. albums is a different timeline. <laughs> it takes a little longer okay. when you're doing everything yourself and, like, wow. having a family, See. having a dog, having kids, having a wife or hey. husband going to barbecues, existing, you know, it's a very different situation. You know? Having a job. Having a job. <laughs> when you're 22 and that's all you're doing, you see Wouldn't those ads on you want to the when
3: when we you know know right. Just keep going on all these kinds of things. Once something becomes two, that's all I'm feeling. But maybe those people do themselves it. are going to be on a side. I'm not sure. Those of us who do it a different level, and
4: crying, yeah. the if you're
3: and making the an album, yes, behind, you know, there might be a lot of bands out there that are, are just releasing songs and just putting them on iTunes, heart, and that's very different from an album that's mastering
1: has artwork and, so brightly, and you know, is an actual
4: product. So, yeah. it's a, you know, we've and yeah, timeline. we reached that phase me.
0: where the word of singles plays together in so it kind of ebbs and flows you know what's you know, the, uh, you know, the primary format was albums have been King, for now for a pretty good while and those of us I think love that and, but, uh, and I still
3: do these albums I still sequence my albums inside of SIT because that's how I still like, you, you, you are so out of touch Joe I not
1: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, we're, uh, we're, I'm going
4: to buy a phonograph. I'm going to buy All right, so, so this is Amy like
0: song so well, from The so a called January. The Shining song is so all. This is going to be. Au revoir, my darling. Oh, Au revoir, my, my darling.
1: You're better friends than, than I I like do So, Amy
4: Chelsea. Kaleidoscope.
0: Chelsea here on Independence Day with a track from her most recent record, January. She's got three more that you can pick up. Any of those are all on iTunes? Are they on CD Baby? They're all these everywhere. Places? They're, They're. <laughs> everywhere. Starbucks.
1: <laughs> and that's next. Yes. Yeah. CD baby is the best, uh, best online venue, and, yeah. but you can download them too. They do
0: provide a great service at the CD baby, you know? And the, my, one of my favorite things is their sideways distribution because you give them their disc. And next thing you know, you're getting 10 cents a year from internet distribution because they've got all these sideways deals with, with other internet distributors, Amazon and other companies. So it's a good deal once you, get, once you get hooked up with CD Baby. So I don't get a kickback, but please, I think <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, we did have Brian Felsen, uh, the president of CD Baby, on the show Once Upon a Time, a good human being. He was actually here for the party that you were, I think. In any case, uh, Annie Chelsea on Independence Day, also with us, Skip Heller. Say hello, Skip.
2: Hi, it's great to be here.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you guys. So I want to jump in and talk about something right away that we kind of kicked around when we first talked about having you on the show, which is this idea of international touring, which is something you've done a pretty fair amount of yourself. And that's something that an independent artist can do. Um, it's like a whole other level. People, lots of independent artists tour around the United States, but to do it in another country like Europe, in your case, is a whole nother ball of wax. Like walk me through, like it seems like kind of a lofty goal in some regards, you know, a courageous goal. What what was the inspiration for that, and and why?
1: Well, I love to travel, and uh, I wanted a good excuse to to travel. And but but what happened for me was that um, the song, the album that I put out, Little Black Dress, uh, in two two thousand three, um, I had sent it. In addition to sending it to, you know, U.S. outlets, I also send it to European outlets. And there's quite a very strong, um, uh, they call it the Dutch Roots radio ring, but it's Dutch, German, Belgian, and also um, U.K. stations that are very, very, uh, very into American music. There's a huge scene over there for uh, bluegrass, Americana, country, and pop, and the, the stations over there were playing it quite a bit and they were starting to get into internet distribution and so on. And so um, when I went over uh, to the blue highways festival in Holland, which they, they had every year, which was a lot of American uh, and uh, folk and alternative artists. Um, I met some of the radio people over there and I met a guy who puts out records in Germany, the the Taksim label and, he asked to redistribute my record there in Germany. So, for that reason, I had a presence that there were people that that knew my music and were um, dare I use the word fans.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, right about that time, it it started to become very easy to send emails and to connect to, to connect with people worldwide where it hadn't been before. Yeah. And I so I just started sending emails and meeting people over there via email, listening to their to their podcasts, you know, and it would just built up over the years. I went over in 2007 and did like a like a sort of mini tour of the UK, and I just kept meeting people and people who wanted to have house concerts, people who had small clubs. Usually, uh, you know, the venue has someone that, that you stay with; they feed you. It's a very economical way to tour, and it's not necessarily lucrative. You, know? you, you don't make a lot of money. You, you might, they might be passing the hat. You may, might make 100 euro or 200 euro, or uh, but I sold a lot of CDs that way. I met a lot of nice people. I met other musicians. The last couple of times that I toured, I was able to uh, hire guitar players who lived over there, there's a guy in Germany who played with me on a lot of shows, Roland, Roland Wolf, and another guy in Dublin, Duncan Maitland, who puts out records, and he toured with me, and so it just sort of built up into a, a thing that I could sort of do regularly, because I, had you know. Yeah, soft gr- Well, you
0: had a soft place to land because if you've got if you've got some distribution over there and people are fans, we can use the F word. Uh, if you've got <laughs> some fans, then there's interest and there's. I mean, even even at that level, there's a little bit of money people are spending. If they're spending money on a record, odds are they're going to spend a little money to come see you play as well. That's what a fan is and what a fan does. Um, but, you know, house concerts, that's, people do that here too. I mean, artists that you wouldn't think would do house concerts. Tim Easton, who just was out in Joshua Tree, now lives in Nashville. He does house concerts, which was something I didn't think that a guy who'd had Wilco on his album at one point would be doing house concerts. But the business has changed. It's not like it used to be. You know, we're, we're like traveling minstrels now <laughs> we're, we're, with our own little cottage industries going right. about doing this. Um so once, you, once you'd made those connections, before you said regularly, you were going over there kind of regularly. What does that mean, Define regularly?
4: Uh, Twice well, a year? Every no. other year?
1: No. Uh, once every year or two years. Uh, the last time I went was a year ago. I went in 2007, 2009, 2010, 2011, uh, skipped 2012. I went last year in 2013, and I'm going again this year. So basically uh, once every year, roughly.
0: Yeah. And how long will you go for when you go over there? Like, is this a week long thing, a month long thing?
1: It depends on how many countries and how um, I I did like a three week tour in 2011. Um, Last year, I was I was planning on going for a month. I got laid off my job two weeks before I left. So I just decided not to come back. And I ended up being there for six weeks and just, you know, added dates on to the end of my tour. This will be a month. This this next tour.
0: How many dates will you do in a month?
1: Um, well, it's been it's been growing. Uh, I've got probably sixteen to twenty right now that are um, confirmed. I've I've just added a country, which I try to add a country every time I go over. Uh, last year I added the Czech Republic, which I'd never been to, and this year I've added Wales. So. Uh, now have three dates in Wales, and um, and I should add I'll be touring with Tish Inohosa, who uh who is an Austin singer songwriter and has a new album out. So a lot of those dates are because people really want to see Tish, and <laughs> so I'm not gonna, you know, try to toot my own horn too much about that. But we're but we're playing together.
0: Yeah, what a great experience, man. I'm hoping to do some of that a little bit later this year myself. My guest tonight, Annie Chelsea. She's a Los Angeles-based singer-songwriter. She's got four albums to her credit. You can learn everything you need to know about her at AnnieChelsea.com. And there's a slightly unique spelling to your name. Your Annie is with a Y, A-N-N-Y, and Chelsea is C-E-L-S-I. Drop by AnnieChelsea.com and see what she's all about. Also find her on Facebook at Facebook.com slash page. That's a mouthful. Follow her on Twitter at Annie, Chelsea, you've got your guitars here. You've got a guitarist in tow. Would you want you to throw a song on us? What's this first one going to be?
1: Uh, we're going to do a song from my album Tangle Free World, which came out in 2009. Um, this would be my most requested song, and I think it's because it has both dogs and children. Well, it has dogs, children, and cars in it. So, uh...
2: And drums. <laughs> it has drums. And drums. Yeah.
1: So uh, this is a song that uh, uh, is, was inspired by... Um, a road trip I took with my son back when he was a little tyke, and um, it's called "The Night She Learned to Drive."
0: All right, very nice. Annie Chelsea and Independence Day with a road song, and uh, we'll come back talk more with her about international touring and what it's like to be a musician and a mother.
1: One, two, three,
3: four. Wake up Jonah, it's Arizona Miles of blackness, lightning frozen I've been driving, you've been dreaming Drums are playing on the radio Take this night will you Keep this picture in your mind Cause This lightning can't compare to the storm we left behind Wake up Jonah, cause we're leaving Don't wake daddy, he's still sleeping Bring the dog in, it might start raining No you can't take him, I can't feed him too Take this night with you, cause right now it's all I know I can only see as far as where the headlights hit the road Someday you'll know why you saw your mama cry under Arizona skies on the night she learned to drive. It's California The sun is rising The storm is over Turn the radio on Check the weather We'll learn to read this Map together now Take this night with you Take the lightning and the drums Cause this road ain't near as rough As the one that's yet to come Someday you'll know why you your mama cry under Arizona skies Take this night with you, keep this picture in your mind Cause this lightning can't compare to the storm we left behind Someday you'll know why You saw your mama cry under Arizona skies On the night she learned to drive
0: My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. Please follow us on Twitter at InDepthDay or drop by InDepthDay.com. And lo and behold, we are also on the iTunes now. Go to InDepthDay.com slash iTunes to find most of our episodes there, and we will be populating any ones we're missing very, very shortly. We're over 100 artists now, so there's a lot of really great stuff on there. Tonight, also great stuff. Annie Chelsea, Skip Heller in tow. Great Tong. Good performance, acoustic guitars, a really old, cool acoustic guitar. Tell me just a little bit about that old Gibson.
1: Uh that Gibson was um I inherited that from my late ex husband, Dwayne Jarvis. And uh it was one that he played pretty much every day. And um yeah, he uh he wanted me to have it and so it's I treasure it.
0: Yeah. Very, very cool. It's, uh, do you say it was a 62? I think you said 62. it was I love old guitars. Think of all the songs and all the gigs and all the miles, you know, I just, that's I, so romantic. It's such a romantic idea for me. The idea that a guitar, uh, you know, it was wood, it was alive. It was a living thing. And, and then it was fashioned into this instrument and then it has a second life as, as a performing instrument. So I can go way, way down that road, but we'll just leave that there. Um, we were talking about international touring. You've done a bunch of tours over in Europe. You're doing another one this summer, uh, in April In April. Okay. What's so coming right up then. Right, right. Very, very soon. Um, so how long before, you know, you so say you decide, okay, I'm going to go to Europe in April. How long before that do you start laying the groundwork? When do you put out your first call, your first email to the people over there to start booking gigs? A year. A full year.
1: Yeah. Well, this this one I booked some of the dates while I was still over there last year. There's some places that are just really great clubs, really great house concert scenes. You know, you know, but they only have one artist a month, and so yeah. And if you you know you got to get in pretty early on in their schedule.
0: Early bird gets the gig. Right. Wow, uh, that's amazing. A whole year. Because um, that's I mean I don't know what I'm doing next week. You know, maybe that's why I'm not as more successful at doing this kind of thing. But I've got some dates. I'm going to uh, London in uh, July to see Monty Python. So I'm hoping it's not too late to get something set up over there. That's kind of my goal.
1: Okay. well, I'll I'll try to hook you up, Joe, if I can.
0: See what we can do. So we've got Annie Chelsea tonight with her is Skip Heller talking about international touring so far. How do you do you I mean, do they handle promotion for you? Once you've kind of got the gigs booked, I mean, are some of the clubs or do you, I mean, it seems like that would be a big challenge Would be promoting yourself that far from home when you're not there to like go hang the poster at the club.
1: Well, some of the clubs do their own promotion. Um, You know, remember these are small, they're small towns and they're small clubs. People kind of know what's going on there and they they have their own scene. So, um, you know, they, they put the posters up they let their, their, um, neighborhood know their newsletter, their website. That's all, that's all I send them what I have for promotion. And there's also, you know, I've done a lot of, um, I do a lot of radio visits when I'm there. There's a lot of shows that I kind of pop in and, you know, they'll, they'll promote the gig too. Um, and you know, my mailing list and the usual, the usual outlets,
0: it almost seems like a dream come true because I feel like there is some infrastructure like that in the United States. We've got Folk Alliance and we've got other organizations that work with independent musicians. But it doesn't, it, it really, I mean, I don't want to get a cliche about it, but it seems like they do support music more in Europe than they do here in the States. Do you Have you found that to be the case or am I completely off base with that?
1: Uh, no, I think it's true. I mean, I, I certainly don't make any money when I play in Los Angeles and the club doesn't put up posters for me.
0: Yeah. Well, just that alone, like it floors me to think that somebody would just put a poster up because that's, you're like thrown to the wolves here.
2: In all defense, in all defense, the Redwood always has posters. If you don't have one, they'll make one for you. So periodically you do find yourself in the midst of a venue that the booking guy is there because he really loves music and, he really goes to work for music. It's not, it's not necessarily the usual way, but yeah. there are some places that make your life worthwhile when yeah. you don't play them, and that's great. I mean,
0: I, I love. I've played there once, and it's great to hear that there are places like that, and I'm sure there's one in every town. But finding that is the hard part because it seems you know, having played music for twenty plus years, it seems like so many club owners and booking guys are sadists. You know, they're not just. Not just indifferent to what you're doing, they're like actively trying to make your life worse somehow. It's like they're torturing you for being a musician. How about another tune? What else have you got for us here? I know you've got a whole quiver full of songs.
1: Uh, this song is from my new album, January. And uh, this is a song about uh, addiction. It's addiction to the circus. So if you know somebody who's got an, you know, just has to run away every time the circus comes to town that's what this song is talking
0: about okay Annie Chelsea with another tune here on Independence Day
3: so you're walking on Washing your hair with a bucket and hose. Saw the look in your eye when you heard that sound. Oh, baby, is the circus back in? your bags to catch that train oh baby is the circus back again baby is the circus back again You're telling me you quit While the kerosene is rolling down your chin It's the greatest show on earth But still my love, you won't fit How's a girl without a ticket to get in? the painted girls flying high above you it's the men who roll the dice and fill your glass it's your tattooed heart trying to take the reins chasing down the circus in your veins It's a runaway boy, it's any tent in the rain, oh baby is the circus back again, baby is the circus back again.
0: Annie Chelsea here on Independence Day, you can visit her website at AnnieChelsea.com, A-N-N-Y-C-E-L-S-I. Follow her on Twitter at Annie Chelsea and drop by her Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Annie Chelsea Music. Page fully web enabled, are you? As are we, endupday.com is where you can go to find out everything you need to know about us. We're talking about her career here in music in the United States as well as touring internationally, which is this thing that's it's it never ceases to amaze me when artists at our level, the like kind of an independent level, go and do these tours overseas because it's it seems complicated enough being an in independent music here in the States, trying to get your records together, play shows, you know, tour in places where everyone speaks English. You know, touring in places where people don't is a whole other level of stuff. Well,
1: actually, in Europe, most people do speak English. They're pretty sophisticated that way. Uh, and thank goodness, because I don't speak any of those other languages that they speak over there. But most people there can speak, you know, three or four languages. And even in France? You know what? I haven't toured in France. I've, I've
0: I've, heard from friends firsthand that the French are much more obstinate about... Even if they can't speak English, they just won't, to, to taunt you.
1: Yeah. Um, but i do want to say that this is definitely this is definitely diy touring it's not glamorous you know there's yeah. there's a lot of train travel you're carrying a lot of stuff uh you're sleeping who knows where you're eating who knows what yeah. and uh the only reason that i make that i make money there is because i'm not usually not spending money on food and hotels so you know it's not what you would imagine when you you know the the tour bus and the yeah. the glamorous it's, it's DIY.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't just rent one limo at the beginning of the tour and then take it all over through the different countries. That's not <laughs> how it's done.
1: Ah, oh, that would be fun. Yeah, the
0: touring. I mean, the touring I've done internationally has been mostly as a technician. I mean, I have played in other cities. You know, as like a member of a choir. You know, many times we did that in Europe and in in England uh, Canada and beyond. Yeah. Most of the touring I've done internationally has been at a level where we had a tour manager. And at that point, all those logistical problems become that person's problem. You show yeah. up when and where you are told to show up, you know, and there's always that big threat. Like if you're not in the lobby by 10 a.m. local time, we will leave you behind. Uh, I've heard horror stories about such things.
1: Yeah. Well, that would be me. That's my job.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's your job for yourself.
1: Yes. Tour manager, booker, uh, driver, uh, Manager.
0: Yeah. How do you find the audiences to be there compared to domestic audiences here in the States? I mean, if there's, we were talking before, like it seems like there's a little bit more support for artists over there. I mean, do you find that from the fans as well? I mean, do they, is music a, play a different role in their lives or how do they approach it? Uh,
1: well, most of the people that come to these places, that come to the clubs that I play or the houses that I play, are big music fans. Uh, they're very, They're very, um, knowledgeable about different kinds of music. They listen to a lot of stuff. They have great, you know, they have, they can give you all kinds of obscure, you know, geeky references to, you know, deep dish beach boys stuff, as well as Lucinda Williams and Graham Parsons and, uh, you know, all the, all the usual suspects. So, um, and they and they listen very hard to. I mean, I, I, I said they do understand English, and they listen very carefully to the lyrics. They're very important to them. So, um, not, and not to generalize because I have played in places where it was, you know, this one place in Belgium that was just uh, a heavy metal head place, and you know, it was it was a whole lot of Black Sabbath at ear splitting volume, and then me with a guitar so yeah that's (laughs)
2: where the rubber hits the road yeah exactly
1: but you know you just get up there and you just say hey i'm gonna folk you guys really hard Mm -hmm. right right. now and then you have to do it you have you have to deliver it and you know you can win over some fans that way um but mostly i don't have to work that hard i you know uh they they know what they're getting and they they're excited and they're anxious and you know looking forward to it and they're gonna spend money on cds and
0: Except for the CD buying part, it's not unlike playing in Hollywood, where you follow up a metal band with your, you know, Louvin Brothers tribute band. Uh, very, yeah, that's. I guess maybe that's the same everywhere you go. Um, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit, man. I want to get over and play for some people who will feed me and put me up and give me, you know, I don't know, twenty euros or something, just just to make money. A different, a different currency to play would be a cool thing. Uh, let's talk about here's something that's really interesting it's something you and I share in common is that there are a few there's a handful of uh, musicians out there who had careers as journalists at one point in their career Mark Knopfler is the one that I always think of because when he in Dire Straits was first forming he was a reporter for a newspaper somewhere in in England and uh, you know there's also we were referencing uh, Warren Zevon before where there's certain journalists kind of run in circles with rock stars. Like Hunter S. Thompson would do that too. Like uh, Warren Zevon was friends with Carl Hyacin, the journalist from Miami who writes all those great crime novels. Um, what is it about, does one inform the other? Does, you know, does being a journalist help you? Is it just something you have a keen eye for detail about people in situations that serves both those? Or is there one that inspires the other? Do you get inspiration from your songs, from stories you've read as a journalist?
1: Uh, well, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know that I've worked much as a journalist. Um, I, I mean, I worked in radio and I, and I do work in radio and I think it's more about, um, I, I, I consider myself more of a writer than a musician. So I'm, it's more about reading a lot. And I think it's more about being, um, being sort of about the way things sound, you know, as a radio producer, I got into that because I love listening to stories and I love listening to the radio and I, uh, felt very drawn to that as opposed to, you know, being a painter or something else that's visual and, um, having somebody just tell you a story or whisper or sing to you, um, I think it's more that than the journalism thing, uh,
2: yeah, I think I'm probably the person here with the most print journalism experience. Because
1: you've done reviews and stuff, right? Well, no,
2: I mean, I've done, like, yeah, interview Curtis Mayfield, interview Burt Bagrack, uh, and actually write, you know, longer 4,000-word pieces. And Who
0: were you interviewing them for? What, uh, what
2: Pulse, the LA Weekly, Fretboard Journal, um, a lot. I mean, for a while. I just stopped playing for a couple of years because I sort of ran out of music. Then, then there you are interviewing people from a lot of different musical worlds. Like in the same week, interviewing a bluegrass musician and interviewing Carla Bley, who's a very progressive jazz arranger, and just the hunting and gathering of information about playing music. You know, something as simple as, "Hey, Mr. Backrack, when I noticed on your albums you uh, you resisted doing this, why?" And he would say, well, you know, I only thought it would be good for that long because I didn't have enough confidence. And it, th- you get a lot of power going, well, Burt Bacharach in 1967 might not had enough confidence to let himself play something on the piano for eight bars. Yeah. Or, you know, hey, Curtis Mayfield, why did you, what did you get the idea from a man from? Oh, from the movies. And you just go, huh. And it starts you to thinking, and after two years of doing that, I had stolen enough great ideas from great minds that I was hmm. ready to reduce it into whatever my efforts were.
0: If you're going to steal, Skip, uh, steal from the best is what I've read.
2: But there, I guess that's, that's
0: where I'm getting to. That's the point I'm getting to is that that's people who have this predilection for stories or uh, and not all music is stories. But that's kind of what it comes down to for a lot of people. If you're a singer-songwriter type and your songs are based on stories, you're trying to get across that feeling or... Uh, that idea that you had when you did this particular thing or you took that trip or you had a son or did what all these other things that you do in your life. Um, Because that's the way it is for me, too. I was also drawn to radio because of the stories. And that's the way my songs feel like to me, whether or not they come across that way. I have no idea. It's up to the listener. But it's all about these stories. And that's what ties us all together. Um, Talking to Annie Chelsea and Skip Heller, who kind of jumped in there. That was great. I love that. Good contribution there let's talk about let's talk about one more thing and then I guess want you guys to play another tune before we run out of time annie you've got a a very talented son, and having a son or having a child has a is a huge effect on your life and he's a very musically talented son as well and I notice that he plays on a lot of your records what a how did that change your life when he was born in terms of your music like how did it affect your music
1: uh it it pretty much put a stop to it for for a while. I I wasn't able to really play or concentrate. Um, you know, I had a baby that wanted attention, and uh, and I couldn't go out and hang out in clubs and you know network and make friends and listen to music and all that stuff. So, um, um, music people always say, oh, you know, oh, having a child must like really like make you a, a way better songwriter um i'm here to say it doesn't but that you get past that and then it comes back and then you can write songs again and um uh and then it, it just becomes fun because you know uh my son was very into music he loved listening to the to all different kinds of music he he brings stuff home you know he brings albums home from amoeba he'll just buy a stack of them for 99 cents and bring stuff home and just play it and stuff. I either that I never heard of before or that I thought was stupid. Uh, and then he'll say, Oh, listen to this, listen to this Chicago album. Isn't it? Isn't this song fantastic? And I'll be like, well, hmm, I, I didn't really like that band that much, but I like hearing how excited he is about it. And, um, so now that he's grown up you know we we still play each other stuff i'm still i i love just sitting and listening to him play the piano for whatever and just goof around and make stuff up and
2: she also ha- loves having him to figure out things that she can't figure out yes yes in <laughs> fact
1: yes I'll, I'll call him about i'll say hey can you uh, like sing me this everly brothers harmony on the phone so i can record it and so i'll know how to sing it because He can figure that stuff out. He can write, he can arrange. He, um, you know, he's been very, very useful as a son and a musician. So uh, uh, I guess the short story is I recommend having a son to any musician and put them to drive them to music lessons and then get as much use out of them as you can.
0: Yeah, because he's very, very talented. You've shown me some things that he's done, like the video where he played all the instruments and sang all the different parts. It's very, very cool what the, what the kids are doing these days, you know, because these tools are available to all of us, these technological tools. But for people for whom these tools are native, approach them in an entirely different way than someone like, you know, I had to kind of convince myself to use Twitter. And now I kind of get it, but I'm sure I don't get it nearly as well as anybody who was an internet native would get it. You know, it's woven into their DNA. It's what they do f- from the get-go you know, I use it as a tool. It's just like another thing that came down the pike that now I feel obligated to use. And I have fun with it, but it's a whole different experience. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and the same can be said because look at the way technology has changed, you know, the recording of music, like the idea that you could record yourself singing all those different parts. wasn't as simple. It could be done. There were people doing it back then, but not to the extent and the ease with which you can do it now. It just blows my mind to have these things be native to me You know, I don't know if I maybe I need to take LSD or something and get to that point where it's all new again. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but we we grew up in a post Les Paul universe where one person can be singing eight harmonies, right? You know, um, so it's it's as native to us as the telephone is, right? Now, here we are, you know, we're old guys, and speak for yourselves, good. No, speak for (laughs) you too. You're, You're my age, you get away with nothing. (laughs) Um, but now you have these people have grown up. They never didn't have a computer without multi-tracking and loops and samples and soft synthesizers. So to them, it's as easy to do as making a movie on your iPhone. Right. And that's, that's like the big difference. Although I will say, um, Annie's son is a terrific string arranger and that's, you can tell he didn't just lay that stuff in on a keyboard. I mean, he he yeah. actually has the right to call himself an arranger in the classic yeah. sense. And
1: yeah. his name, by the way, is Ivan Paizo. P- P-Y-Z-O-W. I didn't know how to,
2: present, how to pronounce the last name. So I, was-
0: I have to confess, if I was in the exact same boat, I know his first name is Ivan, but I could never pronounce the kid's last name. So good for you, Ivan.
2: <laughs> good dots, kid. Yeah,
0: good, good dots, man. Keep up those dots on the little page with the lines. It looks good. Uh, so let, let's let's hear this, and I want to get to one more tune. Um, when you're when you're when Ivan was a little kid, uh, was it evident from the get-go that he was musically talented? Because were you were you, you yourself stepping back into doing more music when he was a kid, and then he kind of saw you doing it, and because you were doing it, then he wanted to do it, or was there a moment where he was like, you know, for me it was like I saw Mike Nesmith on The Monkees and a rerun when I was a kid, and I was like, I want to do that. You yeah, know, my parents weren't really playing instruments that terribly much. Like, did he see you do it and then want to do it?
1: Well, his father's a musician too, and I think I think all kids are innately musical. Uh, it, it's just a question of how much they get to listen to, around, you know, in their daily life. And I think the more, you know, for uh, for our generation, there probably was that moment where we saw the Who. Everybody can say, "Oh, I, I saw Brothers. the Who." Right, Jimi Hendrix. It was the Beatles. Whatever you saw, that sort of kicked that gear that gene into gear for you but I think our kids uh, are probably listening to music constantly and it's just a matter of what can they weed out that sort of gives them inspiration Um, and you know my my son listened to a lot of what I was listening to the Beach Boys and the Beatles and um you know, the, the who and all that kind of stuff. But then he also started finding other stuff that he wanted to listen to. And, uh, and, um, you know, and then he went to school and he, he was listening to jazz and picking all that stuff up. So, um, I, I, I think that, that all kids have that ability to do that, but it's just a matter of getting to listen and, being sort of excited by it and
0: supporting it. them and mm-hmm. so, I mean, making this a thing that they feel like they can do you know never saying to them oh you can't do that kid you know the Beatles did it and it's already been done like supporting <laughs> them is, that's, that's like the, it doesn't matter what the sports or music or whatever it is they want to do supporting them is such an important thing you know when i when i think about having kids i think about you know maybe that's a more evolved version of me and i can't wait till that child grows up and starts bringing things back to me that must be the most amazing thing in the world
1: they but, are they are more evolved than us i mean my son is 9 times the musician i am and you know that's that's okay that's the way it should be
0: yeah how about another tune? We've got about enough time for one more song. What is this going to be?
1: We're going to do one of Skips, which this is a song that I really love.
2: Right, thank you. Yeah.
1: And uh, so, yeah, well, we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just do it. Okay. All
0: right. So <gasps> one, two. <laughs> <laughs> so my guest tonight, Annie Chelsea, she's got Skip Heller, uh, also an excellent musician in tow. They're going to play one of his tracks. So let's hear this. One,
2: two.
5: Morningside, have one eye open, watching her as yes, she got dressed for her. Their foot on the hardwood floor, rushing round in just pry a prying skirt. As the morning sun came creeping through the window, bouncing off the closet door. I used to love California, but. These days I'm not so sure We had this little place out in the valley Things where I was safe and warm So much so I didn't notice It was getting chilly in her arms After a while though no mistaking There was less affection in her touch I used to, to love California, California, but lately not so much. I used to love California, when California was our happy home. I used to love California, till I started in to wake up there alone. Without her, I don't care so much about the desert nights or orange trees. I used to love California, but I've since moved back east. People often ask me, do I hate L.A.? And the fact is that I don't. I couldn't move back out tomorrow, but you know probably I won't. Well, it's a tiny bit expensive, but you can't beat the quality of life. I used to love California. California. Back when we were man and wife I used to love California Midnight driving down the 101 Cause it rhymes I used to love California Kissing in the California sun It's as good a place as any But I ain't here today to put it down I used to love love California, California, but that was then and this is now.
0: Very, very nice. Another song about California, which is one of my favorite lyrical phrases. I feel like there are states that have uh, more lyrical names than other states. You find more songs about places like California and Alabama than you find about, like, New Hampshire, which doesn't lend itself to be rhymed with very easily. It doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue quite as simply. And we were talking before, New Jersey's got lots of stuff, but uh, they're mostly, they've got the Springsteen, they've got the Bon Jovi. <laughs> Skip is shuddering. <laughs>
2: We didn't say they were... I went to high school in New Jersey, yeah. and uh, I, I I don't have the Bruce love and the Bon Jovi's little power ballad stadium rocky for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you know, neither whether it's it's mine or not, it's big. People do like the stuff. Uh, it's sold a lot of records, like Robbie Wrist with the Beatles thing. He will not shut up about the Beatles thing. We have a common friend in Robbie Wrist, musician who worked on a couple, at least one of your records. Right? Oh,
1: he Robbie's played on a bunch of my stuff, and he yeah. we actually uh, toured together. Um, to Austin and to Portland
0: love the Robbie wrist. he was one of my first guests on this show very happy to have him up there and he came to the 100th anniversary show as well so Annie you know the new record is good I wish you the best of luck I can't wait to hear your stories when you come back from your tour in Europe I'm, I myself hope to get over there and uh man so warm up everyone over there for me will you it'll be a few months before i get over there but
1: we'll do i'll warn them
0: do my best so annie chelsea you can follow her annie annie chelsea at twitter skip heller uh skip heller so very happy to have the both of you on here
2: thank you for having me thank you for inviting
0: me it's my pleasure so thank you to annie chelsea and skip heller also to the independence day staff Valentina rivera dale tanksley wayne topinski and sally shackleton Independence Day Steve Music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society for Independence Day. I am Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.